This is Andy Perrault for Boxing Social in association with Betfred and I'm delighted to be joined by Callum Johnson for the second time during lockdown over Zoom. Callum, first and foremost, how are you doing? I'm alright man, I'm good, I'm not bad. How are you? I'm all good mate. Obviously, last time we spoke, I um, I can see you rubbing your beard there. I've got yeah. it out there. I've not had a show for a while, I'm, uh, I'm getting in the lockdown beard mode now. So I remember at the beginning you shaved all your hair off. Yeah, I know. That's why I've got the out on because it's all come back. <laughs> you, you couldn't rope your son into thinking it was a trend. Hey, I take it you couldn't rope your son into thinking it was a trend. No, he didn't like it at all. He did not like it at all. Neither of them did, to be honest. <laughs> so theirs are growing back now as well. We just need the barbers to open, don't we? One hundred percent, mate. I'm counting down the days for that. But um, aside from obviously how we're all looking these days, how are you doing? How is life in lockdown been? As uh, kind of restrictions have been eased a little bit now. Yeah, pretty much the same. You know, um, obviously the gyms are starting to open. Obviously the boxing gyms, but I can't really go to Manchester because nothing's open. You know what I mean? There's, there's no hotels open. There's no nothing open. Other so you know, it's three and a half hours drive for me. So I can't sort of do that every day. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, so I think I'm still training in the garage. I'm still training pretty pretty hard, really. You know, I'm I'm doing the same as what I was doing like two, three, four, five weeks ago. So it's nothing's changed really for me in that sense. So what's kind of your knowledge as to when you think not necessarily hotels will be open, but you could get back into training camp of some sort? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping July. I'm hoping, I'm hearing like say things are going to be opening, everything's pretty much going to be opening sort of beginning of July. So it's a case of just waiting to see when, when they do open. You know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm getting to the point now where I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to start, you know, seeing a few faces and, and training with a, having a couple of training partners because it's, that garage is getting a little bit lonely, I'll be honest. It's funny you say that because I remember when we first did our interviews only a couple of weeks into lockdown, you said that you was kind of enjoying a bit more time at home, being with the family and that. I take it that's obviously from the sounds of it, it's, um, it's not the case anymore now. It is, it is. Everything, everything, I'm still, I'm still enjoying it to be fair, but you know, you know, I have to be, what is it, 12 weeks now? Is it 10 weeks or something? I've been training in that garage 10 weeks on my own and every single session I've done has literally been on my own. So it is getting to the point now where I'd like a training partner. Do you know what I mean? But it is what it is, isn't it? You know, I've got to stay focused. I've got to keep putting the work in. And so, so I am ready. Like I've, I've been saying I'm going to be ready when lockdown's over and everything gets back to normal and I will be ready. Is there anything you've been able to do to try and kind of mix up your training routine during the, the different phases of lockdown? Yeah, I've been doing, to be honest, I've not done that many boxing sessions, as in punching sessions. I've done, I've maybe done one, two boxing sessions a week at most. Um, I've been doing a lot of different things, a lot of circuits, you know, a lot of cycling, um, indoor cycling on, on Zwift. I've been doing, mixing it up, doing cycling and into runs and like Ironman kind of training and things like that. I've been doing, I've been mixing it up a lot and you know, I feel I've benefited from it as well and I feel I've got a lot fitter and stronger in a lot of different areas. Are you feeling like maybe a little anxious at all or maybe a little pressure knowing that you've lost this period of your career uh, because of the lockdown and the pandemic 
through no fault, through no fault of your own, you know, everybody's going through it. But are you feeling like nervous or anxious or that bit of pressure for when boxing returns to kind of throw yourself back in there as quickly as possible now? Yeah, definitely. Um, not not really because of lockdown. Because at the end of the day, it's only been ten or twelve weeks. Um, you know, for other reasons, obviously injury reasons and, and other reasons, I've lost. I mean, listen, it's not it's not uh, a secret, is it? My career has been a bit of a shambles, to be fair, in in time in like activity and inactivity and everything else. So yeah, you know, I do feel the pressure is on, and I do feel as though you know time's running out. But at the same time, I am fresh. Um, I feel I feel the best I've ever felt. So I'm not I'm not too worried at the same time. But I, I am eager for things to get going again and, and, and get going because I feel that the next two or three years are probably my last two or three years. But I also feel they're going to be my best two or three years as well. You mentioned you're still fresh, and you know you're admitting you know, you haven't had the activity you'd have liked over your career to date. But as you have, you know, as you've gotten older, despite the fact that you haven't had as many fights as you would have probably liked to have had, have you felt any kind of wear and tear at all on your body? Do you feel it kind of, it's a bit more of a struggle to make way, a bit more of a struggle to motivate yourself at all? No, to be honest, I've never been so motivated. I've never been so motivated. Um, through this lockdown, I've never been so motivated. Maybe because I've had to be, you know, I've had no choice to be, but... I've never felt so good. I've never felt so fresh. I've never felt so fit. Um, you know, only time will tell, though, won't it? When I get in the ring, you know what I mean. You know, we, you know, everything. People always say it's different when you get in the ring, but I, I genuinely, hundred percent believe the best is yet to come, and, and people are going to see the best of me. And you know, I can't wait to get in there and show people. We will come on to what could lie ahead for you once boxing returns. But one thing which I did message you about was obviously your your charity endeavours. Talk to me about kind of your work there, you know, 100k watt bike charity ride. You flipped a tyre for five hours amongst <laughs> other things. Talk to me about all of your charity endeavours. As I say, it started, a mate of mine, um, he started the fundraiser up. And I say I jumped on it by doing the 100k ride. That was the first one I did. And I said, you know, I'll do a 100k ride and I'll try and get a little bit of publicity for it and try and see if we can raise a few quid. And it it kind of blew up. You know, Adam Peaty got involved and it just went massive, really, that first that first one we did. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the buzz around it. I, it gave me something to kind of focus on through lockdown. So I thought, I oh, know, I'll do one every Wednesday. And, and uh, that's what I did. You know, the following Wednesday, I did as many bird pieces as I could do in an hour. The following Wednesday after that, I did the tyre flip. Then I did the half iron man the, the Wednesday after that. And then the Wednesday after that, I did, I basically put a mix of all the challenges together. And that was the last one I did really for, for the uh, fundraising. But no, I enjoyed it and it gave me something to focus on through lockdown. And, you know, it gave me something to train for as well. So, but not only that, I benefited myself from it on the, on the fitness side of things and the endurance side of things. I was doing sessions you know, that I've never, ever done before. And I was doing sessions that maybe I never thought was even possible before. You know what I mean? So I definitely unlocked a, a, a different side of my potential that I probably never thought I had or didn't realise I had. Um, so, you know, things, you know, through lockdown, I've definitely uh, improved myself as an athlete. That, that, that's, without, that's without even, you know, without question. 
did you feel kind of a greater sense of reward knowing that you was helping to raise money for the NHS for all of these tough times that, and the, the difficulties that they'll kind of be enduring at this moment in time with the amount of patients they're going to be having to deal with? Did you feel like a little bit of like a, a different type of reward to what you'd have had throughout your career? Yeah, I'd say I did. I mean, it was nice the fact that, you know, I felt a sense of reward that I was, let's say, helping raise funds for the NHS. I was also helping myself mentally, keeping myself right. I was helping other people, inspiring other people to jump on board the challenges and, and getting people exercising. So, yeah, it, it felt kind of um, like a rewarding. I was very much felt like I was rewarding myself through helping others. Uh, but again, not just the fundraising side of the NHS, but getting people active. I was getting a lot of people involved in training and active, especially around my own town. And, you know, it felt, that felt, that felt a nice feeling, to be honest. How much in total do you feel that, or do you think that you did raise then? Um, I think it was touching 25 grand. It was just nearly touching 25 grand. So it was, it was all right. It was a decent amount, considering Ryan, who started off at a, um, his target was 500. So it, it, it kind of blew up, but you know, it was nothing like, was it Tom, Captain Tom, whatever his name is, yeah. he raised 25 million something. <laughs> well, you never know, Captain, if you kind of, if you pick it up again, you never know what's around the corner. It was, it was a long way off him, but you know, we did our little bit and you know, it was, it was enjoyable while we was doing it. And I mean, it's definitely a brilliant total and brilliant effort from yourself and everybody who joined in. But to move away from that and on to obviously the return of boxing, which seems to be around the corner. Starting off with tonight, we're going to see Top Rank putting on some shows over in Vegas. Will you be tuning in to, to seeing boxing return? Do you know what? That's the first I've heard of it. I didn't even know. <laughs> I told you before, innit? I don't watch no boxing. I don't really. I didn't even know, but yeah, I will be. I will be having a look, see how it goes. But yeah, I'm excited for boxing to be turning. And there's talks of Eddie putting on shows back in the July through to August. And I believe that you know he's on about the Povetkin um, white card or white Povetkin, should I say? being on the 15th of August, I think. And I think someone mentioned that he did mention that I might be on that. So, I mean, if that's the case, you know, I'd love to be on that and I will be ready. Um, like, I don't know what's happening, you know. All, all I'm doing is training, making myself making myself available, you know, if the opportunity comes. Let's start off with uh, the return of boxings, you know, the behind closed door shows and Eddie's proposal of fight camp, you know, holding shows at Matchroom HQ. Firstly, Callum, what are your thoughts on it? I think it's a good, I think it's good. I mean, the UFC's done it. Um, they've been pretty successful doing it. Um, like I say, Top Rank's doing it tonight. Um, so if they can do it, why can't Matchroom do it? I'm sure they can and... You know, I think people are crying out in this country, you know, for sports to be back on TV and Sky Sports needs to get sport back on. And I, th I think it's a good idea. Um, I think lockdown is starting to ease and the country is starting to slowly get back to a little bit of normality. Um, so, yeah, why not? Why not? What are your thoughts on having no fans there? How do you feel, you know, you're coping, other fighters will cope? Because in some interviews, you know, some fighters have admitted that they feel they may be able to perform better without the pressure and expectation of fans. Others have said that they'll miss that buzz, but it might not be able to, they may not be able to get that extra push they usually would in, in an arena. You know, how do you feel you'd cope with that? Um, it's, they say it's hard to say, it? until you're there, until you experience it, you can't really say. But yeah, I mean, 
when not for me personally, when I'm in the ring, I don't hear any of the crowd. I don't see any of the crowd. So I'm not really thinking about any of the crowd. But the ring walk, you do see the crowd and you do hear the crowd and you do buzz from the crowd. So you kind of you're gonna miss that. Um, so I think the ring walk would maybe feel a little bit strange. But I think once you're in the ring and, and you set eyes on your opponent and the bell goes, for me, I feel as though it wouldn't wouldn't be a lot different, to be honest. You said that there's a that possibility you may be on uh, the White Povetkin card if, if that obviously goes ahead. Any idea as to the level of opposition you'd anticipate being in with? We've been told, you know, for the immediate future, no total fights. So it would have to be somebody who's also a, a British fighter. Do you know any kind of names that you think it would be? Now, everybody's spoken about that Bawatsi fight, but is one of them which I would imagine would be on a show either with fans or on a bigger card. What, what, what's your thoughts on who you could end up facing? Do you know, honestly, I don't know. Um, honestly, don't know. I, so, I mean, again, I've not seen the interview where Eddie mentions it, but someone mentioned it to me, and, and I heard that there was it was on about trying to keep the card the same. Now, if 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 White's going to fight Povetkin on that card, you know, why couldn't I fight McElkin? You know what I mean? Um, but again, I don't know. I mean, me personally. I'm not bothered who it is, you know. Ideally, I could probably do with a, an eight-rounder, ten-rounder, you know, to get a little bit of rust off and, and get back back in. But when it's all said and done, I'm not I'm not really bothered who it is, you know, I'll be honest. A name which you know, I've asked you about before and I'm sure I'll ask you about in the future and it's kind of crept up a bit more recently is Joshua Bawatsi. Do you feel we will see that fight in the near future, maybe a bit sooner than what others may have anticipated? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think I think I can't I can't see it happening this year. I'll be honest. Um, but who's to say it won't? Um, but I think next year, one hundred percent, it'll happen. Um, I think I think it's a case of, as I said before, rather a case of when than if. Do you know what I mean? And you know, it's something that I'm looking forward to. He's a great fighter. Um, some people think he's the best in Britain. You know, some people think I'm the best in Britain. Some people think Anthony Yard's the best in Britain. You know, so it's a little bit of a um, people's opinions at the minute are all, are all different but it, it excites me to be involved in the mix and, and be in a big fight like that because I, I feel as though if me and Joshua Boatsy fight you know it's going to be a massive massive British domestic clash and you know one that the fans will get involved in and be excited about and that's something that excites me because getting into boxing you know being involved in a, a massive domestic fight like that where the whole of Britain is, is interested you know, that, that, that's what it's about at the end of the day and that's something that excites me. Now, I remember speaking to Joe probably about two weeks ago now and I was talking to Joe about you know, the Callum Smith-Canelo situation and uh, some other stuff around that and he mentioned that if, if the thought was to be there, he'd be happy for you to face Canelo. Now, I remember asking you about it kind of, not necessarily like anticipating it to go anywhere, but... Is it something you'd genuinely be up for if, if something could be made there, you know, potential clash with Canelo? If so, do you think it would have to happen at 175 or would you drop to 168? I'd drop to 154 if we had to for that fight. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, it's kind of crazy I like talking about it because I just feel as though it's, it's kind of unrealistic. But at the same time, if I had the chance to face Canelo, of course, I mean, it's a, it's a Mayweather fight of today. 
You know, everybody wants that fight because it's the fight that brings loads of money. It's, it's the biggest name in world boxing. And if I fight Canelo at 175, I fancy myself to win. You know, what? He, he's arguably the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world. We know that. But 175, I don't think he's as forcey as at, you know, 160. 160 is where he's a force. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's maybe as close to unbeatable at 160 now as you're going to get um, at 175. I don't think he is. What about 168? Would, would there be a, a consideration there if that was to be offered to you? Yeah, 100%. 100% because same thing. I feel as though I could, uh, I feel as though I could make 168 and, and still have that same strength and power that I possess at 175. But again, you know... Unless you do it, you, you never really do know, do you? You know, it, you know, Pete, that extra seven pounds, would it take anything out of me? Unless I do it, we'd never know. So you've had, you know, Liam's fought Canelo from your camp, Callum was in talks. How do you think kind of made react? You know, how do you think Callum would react if he was to see that you got the fight ahead of him? I always joke about that because when Joe's mentioned it before, I said about if I got the Canelo fight, I'd have to. Uh, I'd have to be dodging all four brothers, wouldn't I? They'd be waiting to beat not all four of them, but jump me. Nah, like I say, it's just all jokes, isn't it? I mean, chances of that happening for me is, is slim to none, really. It's just, uh, like I say, it's just something to talk about, I suppose. I mean, we did see, you know, I think it was last week, we saw some more rumours coming out that he may face either Sergei Derevanchenko at 168 or Durrell. What are your thoughts on either of those fights if Canelo was to face one of them, considering the names that were being considered before lockdown? Um, I mean, again, they're both, they're both top, top fighters. And, and at the end of the day, Canelo's now at the stage and he can fight who he wants, you know, when he wants, you know, and as for as much money as he wants. He's like the, he's like the new Mayweather. So, you know, listen, if I was Canelo... I'd be taking the, the the most least dangerous. Why? Why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? Um, like say, talk about say facing me. Why would he want to face me? You know, what does he want to face me for? Or, or you know, because I'd be a massive, massive risk. And uh, for what? It, it's it's like say, what does he want to face Callum Smith for? You know, he's got, I know he's got the WA Super and he's the best in the world at super middleweight. But it's just a massive risk for him. He don't, he don't need that fight. He, and I think that's what... He's going to look at the, for the, the easiest fights, but a decent name for, for the most money because he, he's earning that right now, I think. And uh, that's how it seems to be going. Callum, before I do let you go, I just want to get your thoughts on a couple of other fights. One which involves one of your campmates, Tasha Jonas. She's obviously, you know, getting ready for the bout with Terry Harper, hoping that happens at some point in the near future on one of Eddie's shows once again. How was Terry looking? Sorry, not Terry. How was Tasha looking before uh, lockdown? She's looking sharp. She's, you know, Tasha, she's a skill set. It's unbelievable. And I was saying to Joe, like, for the, the skill she possesses, you know, and you watch her train, it's, it's quite, um, it's, it's a pleasure to watch her train. And like I say, if, if Tasha can produce what I've, what I've seen her produce in the gym and, and, and bring her skill set to the ring, I see her winning that fight. I know, I know Terry's a top fighter and 
it's uh, it's going to be it's, it's a t- ten rounds, is it? I think is for the women as the world title. Is it twelve? I'm not sure. Ten or twelve. I know. Obviously, it's a little bit of a different game, but. Listen, if Tasha can produce what I've seen her produce, you know, I've got every confidence in her. Then the final thought, I just want you to uh, get your thoughts on these. There's been talk about a potential cross-sport clash between Dillian White and Francis Ngannou of the UFC. What are your thoughts if we was to see that and see Dillian in either the ring or the cage? I'd be excited to watch it because, by all accounts, I believe Dillian can... uh, fight a bit with his legs as well. Um, he's, he used to do the K1 or the kickboxing or whatever, so I believe he's pretty handy with his feet. Uh, so it'd be interesting. It'd be very interesting. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. Callum, as always, it has been a pleasure to catch up with you. I will leave you to enjoy the rest of your day once again and probably catch up with you again over Zoom at some point. Hopefully not, but hopefully it's in person. But before I let you go, what would you like to say to everyone who does tune in to watch our interview? Um, Keep tuning in, keep tuning in, and uh, hope to see you all at the fight soon. Callum, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you. Stay safe. I hope you and your family obviously well, and we'll see you soon. Thank you for speaking to Boxing Social. Take it easy, mate.